Do you know how to tell stories? Well, if not, you need to learn because telling stories is one of the greatest ways that we can communicate, especially to our kids. Welcome to Father in Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegriff, and I'm not the perfect dad, but every day I am trying to be better. As dads, our mission is to make disciples of our kids following the example of Jesus. And there's one method that Jesus used constantly to make disciples, and that was storytelling. If you're a dad who wants to embrace your God-given mission, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. You can also get more content on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And if you want even more than that, then head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com. Well, first off, let me say Merry Christmas to you and to your family. I hope that today is filled with gifts and fun and with love, so much so that you are not listening to this episode on Christmas Day. But if you are here with me, I'm glad to have you. Thank you for listening to Fathering Our Future. Again, I hope you have a wonderful Merry Christmas, and I hope that this season continues to be good with you. I know the kids are at home. They're off of school. I hope you make the most of this time with your family and just have a wonderful time together. I hope you also take time to remember the reason for the season. I hope that you will take time to tell your kids the story of the birth of Jesus. Now, what I want to do today is not tell you the story or even how you should tell the story. I don't want to give you the instruction on how you should do that, but I want to help you with some tips to becoming a better storyteller. Now, let me preface this episode with this disclaimer. I am not a renowned storyteller. I am not a recognized and prolific speaker. I enjoy it, but I am not nationally or globally recognized for this ability. So I don't have a book that you can go and reference and get the 10 tips that you need to incorporate to become a better speaker or storyteller. I just want to give you some things that I have learned as a not-so-perfect dad trying to be a better dad every day. I'm going to give you some of the tips that I have learned along the way that have helped me become a better storyteller to my kids. It's very important for us as fathers to learn how to tell stories, to be good or get better at storytelling because our mission is to make disciples. Our mission is to equip and to disciple our kids to be a part of God's mission in a greater capacity than ourselves. When we look at Jesus and his followers, Jesus was constantly telling stories. He told parables. Maybe they were true. Maybe they were made up. Maybe they were a mixture of the two components. We don't know, but the stories are there. And while the stories might have some resolve in them, the beautiful thing about stories is that the listener can continue to meditate on the story, and as they do that, they constantly extract new morals, ethics, and pieces of wisdom from the stories that they can incorporate in their life. If we are called as fathers to make disciples, which we are, the Apostle Paul writes specifically to fathers, dads, bring up your children in the training and the instruction of the Lord. We are called as fathers to make disciples 
of our children. And if we're going to do that, then we have to learn how to tell stories. So the reason I want to go over this is some people don't feel qualified to tell stories. Some people feel uncomfortable doing it. Some people don't think that they even know where to start because they did not have that as an example from their parents. I want to encourage you today that you have all the components you need to be a good storyteller to your kids. So let me give you the tips that I want you to take and start utilizing. The first tip is a pretty obvious one, but sometimes we need that kick in the pants. Start. Start telling stories. Now, I know you might think, I'm not, I'm not very good with words. I'm not very eloquent. That's okay. You don't have to be. Maybe you think to yourself, I don't really have the personality. Makes me feel a little awkward, a little uncomfortable. Your kids are probably the last people that you need to feel awkward and, and uncomfortable around. Here's the beautiful thing about kids, especially when they're young. They like you and all your quirkiness. They like your weird personality. When you're an idiot, that's when you are like super dad to your kids. When you're silly with your kids and you act completely out of your normal character, that's when your kids are just enthralled by you. So don't be embarrassed. You have nothing to be embarrassed about. They love you because you are their dad. So run with that and remember that. So get started because you're qualified to do this and you need to do this. Your kids need you to tell them stories. And the more you tell stories after you get started, this is practice. You're going to get better at it. You're going to get more comfortable. Even if you just have two to three stories that you tell on repeat, that's okay. That's a part of the disciple-making process. Making disciples doesn't just take one evening and then boom, job is done, mission complete, you've done it, you got a bunch of little disciples running around your house. That's not how it works. It takes a whole lot of time. It takes a whole lot of repetition and redundancy. You're going to tell these stories multiple times. That's okay. Start. Get the practice. And utilize books. Utilize books books and the stories that are written on these pages to get some practice. You can take a book and you can tweak it just a little bit and you can bring some extra life and character to the book. One thing that immediately comes to mind for me is we have this book that we've read to the kids since we've had them called We're Going on a Bear Hunt. And this book incorporates this repetitive phrase at the beginning of every segment of the story. And it goes like this. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. Now, every time I read that to the kids, I don't just read it like I just said it to you. I put a little bit of a melody to it. I may get kind of dumb. Sometimes I speed it up. But every time I read it, it sounds a little bit like this. We're going on a bear hunt. We're going to catch a big one. What a beautiful day. We're not scared. I say it like that every single time. And my kids laugh. My kids get excited. My kids have learned the melody that I have incorporated with this phrase. And they love it. Now, here's the beautiful thing that you can do with this. As you begin to tell stories or read stories, if you can do something as simple as add a melody to it, 
you're going to help them remember that you've been walking around the mall or been seated at a restaurant and you've heard music play in the background. And all of a sudden your brain tells you, hey, I recognize this. I don't know what song it is yet, but I know I recognize this. The same thing happens when we incorporate a melody or a jingle with words that we use. You can use this to help your kids memorize scriptures out of the Bible. It's a great technique, especially for little kids. But you can do this with stories that you tell. If there's a particular moral that is repeated in your story, add a jingle to it if you want to, and it will help your kids remember it. So the first thing that you need to do is just start telling stories. Get the practice and utilize books so that you don't have to remember all the components of the story, the flow of everything. Use books and use books to practice, but start telling stories too. Here's the second thing I want you to do. I want you to incorporate uniqueness from yourself, your kids, and from your home, from your family. Think about things that are very common and familiar in your home or between you and your kids. Think about those things and add them to your stories. So for example, I have a few things that we do. Anytime there is a character or something that is foolish, I'm not going to say that this character is foolish. I'm going to use a word that we use in our house to be silly and that conveys the same thing. In our home, we call people knuckleheads. And so instead of a character being foolish, I'm going to call them a knucklehead because the kids think that that's a funny term and they know the term. They have a context to associate with the term. They're not going to think foolish, bad, stupid. They're going to think silly, little bit of a jokester, knucklehead. Somebody doing something that's a little silly, that's a little bit wrong. It's not going to have a horrible connotation to it, but they're going to have a framework to associate with that word, and it's familiar. And so all of a sudden, the story hits a little closer to home because I've used some things from the home in the story. You can do this. Another thing that we have always done with our kids is we have always talked about feet and toes as things that are stinky. So even when reading a book, if toes come up in the story, as long as my son is not next to me looking at the book where he can see the words because he can actually read and he'll correct me, as long as that's not the case, anytime feet or toes are mentioned in the story that we're reading or the story that I'm telling, they are always preceded by the adjective stinky. Feet and toes are always stinky toes. Sometimes we're pinching the nose. Sometimes we're waving the smell away from our face, but we're always bringing that element of familiar stinky toes into the story. Take what is common in your home and incorporate it. Here's something that we did specifically with the story of the birth of Jesus. When we get to the part where we talk about animals that might've been around, our kids like to go to the zoo. I love taking my kids to the zoo. It's chaotic, especially when I do it by myself, but I can't tell you how much I love our chaotic trips to the zoo. I have so much fun, maybe not necessarily in the moment, but I have learned during the chaos to just put a smile on my face because I'm recognizing and realizing in the moment, these are the days and I get to be a part of that. Beautiful side note, but 
my kids like animals. They like to talk about animals and all that fun stuff. So when we talk about the story of the birth of Jesus, I could talk about there being some sheep. I could talk about there maybe being some horses and some cows. And then my kids will chime in. Maybe there was a gorilla. Maybe there were some monkeys. Maybe a giraffe was there. And we just have fun with it. You don't have to be entirely theologically correct with kids. It doesn't matter if animals were present or what animals were present. Totally irrelevant to the moral of the story. So when you can, incorporate that uniqueness from your home into the story. Make it interactive if you can by allowing your kids to give input as maybe what could have been there or who could have been there. But as you tell these stories, make them your own. Okay. Now, a part of this is you're going to have to know the stories. So I would encourage you, if you don't know the stories, go and read your Bible and hear the stories, learn the stories so that you can retell the stories. And I'll say this, just be careful not to take too much away or add a bunch of extra stuff to it to where you start to make the story, not the story, but take unique and familiar components from your family and from your home, add them to the story. Third thing that you need to do when it comes to storytelling is be creative. You're the narrator. You are the storyteller. Get into character. Maybe the narrator is a little bit crazy. Maybe the narrator is very serious and very reserved. Maybe the storyteller is super excited to tell this story. Maybe he talks really, really fast. Maybe he talks really, really slow. Get into character and tell the story. Use your imagination to tell the story. You get to make this as magnificent and fascinating as you want. So be creative. Get animated. Use your body language. Use expressions on your face. Use the inflection in your tone and in your voice to convey different elements throughout the story. One of the stories that I love to tell the kids is the story of the three little pigs. Now, the reason I love this so much is because I don't tell the story the right way. I have told this story since we started having kids and my son just turned seven. So for approximately seven years, I have been telling the story of the three little pigs. Now I heard it a year or two ago and I realized, oh, wow. Okay. That is how the story goes. I've not told it the right way but I'm basically telling the same thing. So I don't care. I tell the story the way that I tell the story. The components are there. The moral is there. So I tell it my way. And that's the way my kids know the story. I'm okay with that. But I do some things in how I tell the story. I give voices to the characters. I'm animated with it. Anytime I talk about the big bad wolf, I always introduce the big bad wolf as the big, bad wolf. It's always the same voice for the big, bad wolf. I always talk about the big, bad wolf coming out of the spooky forest. But in our house, 
We don't talk about things that are scary. We talk about things that are spooky. And when we talk about things that are spooky, our hands always go up like this with our fingers. And we always say, that's very spooky. So every time I reference the spooky forest, it's the spooky forest and the big, bad wolf. It's always the same as I'm introducing these environments and these characters. There's redundancy and the repetition helps the kid stay involved and stay connected and be reintroduced to what might be happening next. Because especially with the three little pigs, you basically have the same thing repeated three times. But every time I talk about the big bad wolf coming to the house, I've done something a little different to make the story have a little more life to it, to make my kids feel like they're actually there. I'll say the big bad wolf walked up to the house and I won't say the words that he knocked on the door, but instead I'll find the wall or the bed frame and I will say the big bad wolf walked up to the door and I'll knock on something so that the sound is if the sound of the door is close by to the kids. And my daughter Jojo always smiles so big. It For her, it's so funny and fascinating and she loves it. And she tries to knock with me sometimes, but it gets them involved and it gets them engaged. And here's the thing. While I think you should tell your kids biblical stories, there are other stories with good morals too. Case in point with the story of the three little pigs. I always go over it. I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. I don't want to get ahead of myself. Number three, be creative. Inflection, animation with your character. Get into character as the narrator and the storyteller. Here's the fourth point, and then I'll backtrack a little bit. The fourth point is make sure that you get the moral across. You want to reinforce the moral of the story. It can be a biblical story, or it can be the story of the three little pigs, which the moral that I was just about to get to, the moral of the story that I always bring out to the kids is that maybe it's a little bit wiser to take time to do what needs to be done rather than doing the things that you want to do. Because the way that I tell the story, the first two little pigs build their houses really fast so that they can go and play. But the third little pig spends all day building his house out of a material that he doesn't necessarily like, but he knows that his house needs to be strong and he needs to take time to make sure that it's right. So he puts his needs before his wants. He prioritizes. He does what he needs to do before he does what he wants to do. And it pays off. It pays off by doing what needs to be done. And while it's not a direct correlation, it's very similar to things that they'll one day read in the Bible. For example, in Luke, I believe it's chapter number six, you'll read about a man who hears the word but doesn't obey it. And he's like a man who built a house on sand. And when the wind blows, it blows his house down to the ground, kind of like the big bad wolf. But the man who hears and obeys, he's kind of like that little piggy who did what needed to be done, who built a strong house on a good foundation. And when the storm came, his house wasn't destroyed. And while it's not exactly the same, there's a hint of similarity there. 
So just because you might not be telling a biblical story, you can still extract a moral from that story that has a biblical foundation. I don't want to tell you what stories to tell. I don't want to tell you how to tell the story, but I want you to become the storyteller that your kids need you to be because you have all of the components. You have the personality that they love most. So use it. Use it to tell the stories because in telling these stories, you are going to make disciples out of your kids. Your kids will remember stories more than they will remember your direction. With my son, a couple years back, he had a rough little stretch where he was telling a lot of lies, little lies, like, yes, I brushed my teeth, and he clearly did not brush his teeth, or yes, he cleaned his room, and we get upstairs, and his room is an absolute nightmare. So I sat him down, and I said, buddy, I said, it's not really good for us to lie. I said, we shouldn't tell fibs. I said, let me tell you a story. And I proceeded to tell him the story of the little boy who cried wolf. And for him, it was fascinating. So he took it to heart. He said, okay, I got it. And about a month later, our daughter Reagan told us a little fib. I said, Reagan, I said, you don't need to lie to us about this. And when my son heard me say that word, lie, he walked up. He said, Reagan, he said, do you know the story of the little boy who cried wolf? And then he told her the story about the little boy who cried wolf. And it was, it was cute to see, but it was also kind of enriching to see that my son grasped that story, remembered it because it's fascinating, and was able to deliver the moral because he knew the story. And that's what we get to do as disciples. As we are disciples, bringing up and making other disciples, as we tell stories to our kids, they take these stories, they cling to them, they remember them, and then they themselves get to retell them. They get to regurgitate the moral. They get to tell the story again to other people, and then they go out and they make disciples themselves. It's a beautiful thing to be able to witness, but it starts with us getting over ourselves, swallowing our pride, getting into character, and learning to tell stories. It takes time. It takes practice. I tell the story of the three little pigs really good today. But when I told it for the first time, it was a little bit rough. It takes time. Don't beat yourself up. Just start. So here are the four things that I want you to start incorporating. I want you to do so that you can be the storyteller that disciples your kids to be followers of Christ in a phenomenal way. First thing is you just got to start. Don't question it. Don't hesitate. Just tell your kids stories. The second thing, incorporate uniqueness from your home. Think about common phrases or common practices that happen between you and your kids that happen in your house and incorporate them into your stories. The third thing, be creative. Get animated. Use your body language. Use the inflection. Give voices to characters. Not bring the sounds into the room. However, you can be creative. Just be 
creative. And then the final thing is reinforce the moral. And one thing that I will add with this is when you are done telling the story, ask your kids the questions about the moral. You can ask them what they learned, and sometimes that works. But I have found that the better question to ask your kids is what part of the story was interesting to you? And you can see where they gravitated to in the story, what was most interesting to them, and then you can utilize that as an area to incorporate the moral. Because remember, you're telling this story over and over and over and over again, because that's how we make disciples. Ask your kids, have conversations about the story, and when they ask you to tell them the story, make it happen. Tell them the story. So again, get started with storytelling. You've got this. Just get started. Incorporate uniqueness from your family into your stories. Three, be creative. Get animated, get involved, get interactive with the story. And number four, reinforce the moral of the story. Telling stories gives life to the lessons. If you're going to make disciples, if I'm going to make disciples, then we've got to be storytellers. But we got this. Remember, our kids are our biggest fans. Our quirks, our silliness, our weirdness, our kids love it. Don't be discouraged. Don't beat yourself up. Don't think you're disqualified. You are the person most qualified to do this with your kids. So get started and be a storyteller and be a disciple maker. This is Fathering Our Future, the podcast for dads. I'm Anthony Vandegrift. Thank you so much for being with me, and I hope you will join me next time. Thank you again for listening to Fathering Our Future. If this episode has served you or you believe it will serve another dad in the future, make sure that you leave a like, a comment, a review, or share this so that it can reach another dad. And so that you don't miss out on another episode, make sure you subscribe to Fathering Our Future wherever you listen to podcasts. And again, for more great content, head over to www.fatheringourfuture.com.